Hey, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. Now for some leftovers. Jock, this one is right uh, in par with really everything we talked about the whole episode. Your thought on R&B guys. I'm just, I don't want to steal it from you. I'll, ta- I'll let you tee it up. Yeah, so I was actually going to Smoothie King. <laughs> Randomly, you know, getting a smoothie. I've been drinking out a lot. And uh, an old song by August Alcina, Chris Brown, and Trey Songs came on. Uh, the song is called Love This Shit Remix. And I was listening to it and, like, thinking, like, dang, these niggas are really, like, sh- like shitty. You know, just the stuff they were saying. Like, yeah, I'm about to fuck the shots you. Fuck you, bitch. And you're just digging this, all this stuff. I'm like, wow, these words are, like, really, like, not good. Like, listen to this. Just listen to, like, the lyrics. And so it made me start thinking of other stuff. Like, damn, every R&B dude that I know, New Age, are, you know, fuck boys or they're toxic in a way. You know, it's nothing positive that they're actually, like, saying to these to women, you know, they really are just like, like, you know, just belittling them, you know? And like, I'm like, damn, you know, this shit's, it made us me growing up too, just being more mature. But I'm just like, man, you know, I really just, like, just rock to this shit, listen to it. And now I'm like, I can't even really listen to it anymore because I don't really stand for what they're they're saying, their actual words, you know? Uh, I can bring up Party Next Door. Yeah, the beat may be jamming and stuff, but the words, you know, it is basically talking about, you know, fuck you, bitch, fuck you, I'm going to cheat on you, I'm already cheating on you, you know about it, and I'm telling you, you know, uh, what you going to do, you still going to stay around, and you you know you love this dick and all this, and it's just, you know, it's not a good look, man, especially being a, a black man, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, we got to be more, I don't know, positive, like back in the day, right? I could bring up Bobby Brown right now, and yeah, he was that bad boy and very sexual, but it still was like love songs, like, hey, I love you, and like, I care about you and other stuff, but still have that edge on it. Like, you know, new age R&B is just not that at all anymore. It's just like, awesome, fuck boy, hey, my money and that type shit. And I just don't know, like, where that changed, you know, but we got to make R&B great again, man, and not like this this toxic shit that people are putting out now, artists, you know, so. You know, it's funny you mention that because uh, I've always been an R&B fan, but I'm way more like 90s, 80s R&B uh, if you look at the current artists, I guess you'd say Bryson Tiller, not so much Chris Brown anymore, but I mean, Party Next Bumble, Door, Party Next Door um, The Weeknd, I, I mean, there's somewhere in that R&B, pop, hip hop genre, you know, somewhere in that, but kind of say Drake too, kind of. Maybe. Yeah, sometimes Drake for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of that back and forth, right? But he's the only one, though, that doesn't like um, say like toxic stuff when he's saying, yeah. you know, I'll yeah yeah he's usually the opposite like finessing and that's the funny thing so if you look at old you know 90s 80s r&b it was a lot more finessing like jodeci my heart belongs to you (laughs) you don't hear that shit nowadays think about keith sweat now who can treat you like me me nobody exactly (laughs) yeah you know some of that yelling in there but (laughs) <laughs> um, it's funny because classic R&B used to be a little bit more about caking and finessing, mm-hmm. but I could listen to it way more and I'm like, man, this shit's like, I like this. This is ideal. Mm-hmm. This is exactly my kind of feel good. Life. You know, you feel love, you know, I'm like, Hey, I know it's controversial because of man's, but you know, R Kelly, you know, like that, you know, it's all about it's- he made hits, man. I don't care. Nobody's he hits, still made man, hits, but it's about love and like, Hey, right. let's, Let's be here for each other. I'm going to treat you right. 
And then you fast forward to 2000s, 2010s. Uh, I hit it first. Um, what was the August song that he came out with? Like uh, Entanglement, right? Didn't he just oh, yeah. Even then, exactly, bro. Even then. That's a perfect example. I forgot about that song, Entanglement, you know? It, you know, even like uh, like Bryson Tiller, like uh, don't he's talking about basically like that dude treats you like shit. Come with me, like '90s wasn't completely like you know guiltless of doing that, but we do that shit a lot more now with music. I feel like like there's way more focus on you know just fucking getting in and out, and then like let me steal you from your dude or like your arm ain't strong enough, like right. And to me, that that's the whole point of me saying toxic because that's just toxic toxic shit that you're bringing, you're trying to be a home wrecker. You know, I don't remember, at least I don't to my recollection, because I listen to like a lot of uh, 90s R&B now to this day, you know, that's my shit. But I don't remember Jodeci and Joe um, Silk talking about, hey, I'm going to steal like you from your man. You know what I mean? Right. They, they say stuff like, you know what? Like Joe, for example, I bring him up. He has a song, uh, All Things Your Man Won't Do, right? He's letting her know, like, hey, you know, like, I know you're with your man. I respect that. But I feel like you can be actually, like, treated a little better, you know. And here's what I would do, like, you know, like, hypothetically, you know, if we're in a situation. But at the end of the day, like, hey, you know, I'm still respecting what you have. Nowadays, nah, it's like, fuck what you have, nigga. And treat you right, come over here and fuck me. I'm not trying to be with you, though. You know, I'm just trying to smash yeah, you. Yeah, that's you the best I mean? point. <laughs> So Don't get like, it twisted. It's going to be quick, but, you know. Yeah, I ain't trying to replace you, man, you know. <laughs> but it just, it's just crazy, man. You got to stop that shit because it brings back to, like, other toxic music and artists like Megan Thee Stallion. I respect her a lot for going to school and working hard and doing what she's doing. But I feel like she's a little toxic, too, man. Like, you know, she's providing the wrong messages to, like, younger women, I feel. Because, like, even we talked about it. We have the Reels thing on Instagram now. And all I see on Reels is, like, little girls like dancing and shit. And I don't want to see that. You know, I'm like, I'm not even following this shit, you know? And so it just, and they're just like making a stallion, like whopping all this shit. And they're like 12 or 13. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is this? You know? And so this brings it back to the whole kids look up to that shit. They, they're going to do it just because they feel like, oh, it's cool. And it goes back to tribalism. All the other little friends are doing it. So let me do it too, to try to like fit in with my tribe or this group. Right. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I guess a lot of it has to do with, like, the times, you know, sex has become way more casual and just we're desensitized. To... Um, we're old now. <laughs> yeah. No, we I are. It's like, oh, like old man now. I'm realizing it down. I mean, shit, every time this episode comes on, I feel like my hairline's deeper and deeper, so I'm, like, in that LeBron <laughs> status. I'm going to start sharpieing that shit across, but... Yeah, these grays, yeah, they're coming in a yeah, bit. Yeah, man, these grays <laughs> are plentiful, too. Um, mm -hmm. Next leftover we had... I'm not sure you had a chance to check out uh, Monday Night Football last week, but new Monday Night Football crew, um, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick, uh, Steve Levy from ESPN. Okay. They did the, late sh the late game last week, which was uh, Broncos and uh, – shit, now I forgot. Fact check me. Broncos, oh, Broncos Titans. Steelers. Steelers. That was – yeah, that was – so when y'all are listening to this, yeah, it was Broncos Steelers, but – First week, Monday night, and when everybody's listening to this, you know, we got Monday night football uh, coming up. I like the new crew. I guess that's the point I'm getting to. I like the new crew. We had, you know, uh, Joe Tessitore and Booger and Jason Witten for a year. and then Booger and those fingers. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, like that was the show. Like every thirty minutes, like, hey, booger, the audience is bored. Show your hands again. Like, oh, look at this, <laughs> you know, like. But uh, I really liked it. Brian Greasy, I like having a guy that that played, um, you know, especially like quarterback position because they see so much more of the field. All I'll right. say, you know, Booger, I think he's a good football mind and I think he's a good analytical mind. He just couldn't really demonstrate that, you know, like he couldn't really put that into words. So no knock on him and his knowledge, but he wasn't great as a commentary guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Lou Riddick, former player and very much uh, front office candidate you know he's always in conversations for gm roles that open up so he's got experience both playing and analyzing you know what matters in players and you know the x's and o's and then you've got espn steve levy you know the guy is just going to be your highlight guy throwing out phrases and sayings connecting pop culture to it but i thought it flowed pretty well it was only one weekend i'm not saying that that's you know um you know al michaels and john madden but Compared to where we were last year, I'd say it's, like, night and day difference. Compared to, like, the wooden days. <laughs> but, um, no, seriously, man, that actually makes or breaks a game, like how it's being commentated on, you know. Um, people are calling the wrong plays or, like, the wrong names, you know, that throws shit off. It's like, you know, it's, he didn't really – that wasn't him that scored the touchdown or it wasn't him that got the first down or that's not, like, a outright or, you know, like, what are you saying? You know, like, you don't really know what you're talking about. So that just – makes you not as into the game because you want them just to shut up and not talk so you can, like, watch the game. But to your point, when everything's flowing, like, well, it gets you more hyped and more, like, in the game because they're, they're, they're calling out stuff that you probably didn't even see. It's so a point of commentation, too. They're supposed yeah. to, like, call out things that, that you, we can't see, you know, because you guys are the experts. So I definitely agree, man. That game was a little bit different, and that's why because, you know, you have a newer cast now. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's positivity. Once again, I'm trying to spread that, like, more, and I feel like it's going to be a better, like, season because of that. I will At say least- this, too. Uh, while I backed Brian Greasy and having quarterbacks on the call, they also seem to just fall off a cliff at one point. Like, Phil Sims, two, three years ago, replaced by yeah. Romo because he just became awful, you know, and, like, <laughs> third and 15 – yeah, this is a tough one for them. Uh, you know, they got a gym. They got to get a first down here. Or, you know, like stayed in the like obvious. Basic, yeah, basic shit. Yeah. Or just saying things that, like, when they start sounding like they're not following the game, they're just saying things that people will say without actually watching. You know, for example, this one might be controversial, but Joe, uh, you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. I feel like Troy Aikman might be kind of doing that over-the-hill thing. And the reason why I say that, last week was the Bucks saints game. Yeah. And, look, I'm pulling for Brady. Right. I'm pulling for the Bucks, But he's saying all these things that make me feel good about myself and the team that doesn't reflect what's happening on the field. You know, the, the Bucks playing sloppy ball. Brady isn't connecting with everybody. You know, doesn't have that consistency, that familiarity yet. Right. And he's just like, yeah, you know, Joe, this game is not going well, but – you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this team is in there in the NFC conference game, you know, finals. Like, yeah, I get all that. Like, I'm hoping and thinking that too. But tell me what's happening on the field. You know, well, you know, Brady really working with this Scotty Miller guy. It's like, you're just stating the obvious, man. Tell me. Like, yeah. You know, like the defense yeah. is breaking down. Or tell me why they scored there. Or why they got the first down. Like, what happened to where, you know, like, give me the insights. Right, to me, that goes back to, like you said, you're kind of fanboying a little bit or because who it yes. is is Brady. Like, oh, it's Brady, so let me – I can't talk shit about Brady. But 
It's not talking shit. You're just stating facts. He's mm-hmm. playing terrible. Even uh, Arian said, you know, when he had the uh, post-interview, like, yeah, Brady, yeah, I do better. You know what I mean? Like, we can't – I don't care who you are. I know you're the GOAT, but still, I'm going to treat you like I treat everybody else. You have to do that. You can't put people on a pedestal so much. And I think sometimes, like you said, with Trey, man, you put people on, on a pedestal just based on their accolades, and that's not really fair because they're not calling the game correctly that's in right. front of us. No, so definitely. 100%, man. The other part that was interesting, so we had, you know, Greasy, Riddick, and Levy. Then they had Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Fowler, you know, the college guys covering yeah. the first game. Yeah. The reason why I bring the college guys up, Big Ten coming back. So we talked a couple weeks ago about uh, Big Ten football, just saying no, you know, let's not do it. But, you know, some of the arguments I had is why? Like, is that re- – like, canceling football – why? Like, you've still got campus life. you still got all these college kids probably just going out, partying, doing shit anyway. You look at the NFL, knock on wood, there haven't really been a ton of cases. I think the case count has been far below 1%. Right. Uh, college football has been similar. You know, when you, you put people on the field, their odds are they're not going to transmit it on the field. You do the constant rapid testing. Somebody has it. You know, hey, let's set you out for a couple of weeks get, you know, everybody else in that's healthy, um, it seems like it makes sense. Like, you can find ways to make football happen. The craziest part about the Big Ten saying that they weren't playing football was high school football in Ohio was going. Some colleges in Ohio were still playing football, but the NFL, you know, Browns, Bengals, but the team people care the most about in Ohio is Ohio State, and they were the one team not playing. Yep. So the one team. Now with with the announcement, they're confirming plans to return to football week before Halloween. So they'll have daily rapid testing for those involved. The schedule was announced. And uh, the reason why they also wanted to make it happen right when they did was so that they could still qualify for the college football playoffs. Uh, I'm not the biggest college fan, but this is important, I feel like, to mention it. So, uh, I, look, we said all along, we thought, or at least, you know, I, I felt like they could have just made it happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like, hey, you know, money is talking. Now they're saying, shit, we got to get sports going. So, I don't know. Hey, Bob, I see you getting talking about the money. Is that what you think this is all about, Jack? Well, also, I think it's about the money for sure. Um, that's why people flip-flop because, you know, you're, you got big pockets that people are paying for this, you know, big corporations. Um, also, it goes back to what we were talking about, tribalism, groupthink. Everybody else is playing, now everybody else is doing it. Shit, we should do it too because we're one of the, like, the top schools. They weren't really thinking for themselves because my thing is COVID is going down, but the shit, it, it's not disappear. It's still here. You know what I mean? It's still a chance that you still can like affect your players in the long run because we still don't know shit about like how this is going to affect everybody in the long run, you know? Right. And so – that goes to show me just how selfish everybody is, you know, once again, the money and the tribalism. Hey, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Let's just do what our, our tribe and everybody else is doing, not think for ourselves. So that's why I think they're doing it because of what the world is doing too, you know, other football teams or college teams, excuse me. Right. And I can understand some apprehension, like, hey, let's try to get some data. Let's watch what the NFL does before we jump the gun and run in. Like, I understand that, but right. – it does feel like, A, the money is talking because it always talks the loudest. B, monkey see, monkey do. Everybody else is doing it. Why don't yeah. we do it? Let's hop on board. Um, those are the two biggest things to me that kind of makes it 
look, I'm sure college football fans are happy Big Ten is coming back. Um, that's an obvious, right? But, you know, the thought process behind it, it just kind of seemed predictable and disingenuous. Just, hey, come out the gates, play. Right. And now it's like people are thinking greed and money and green talking the most. And, you know, it seems like that's probably true. That was probably the loudest thing that, that was in the room at the time was talking about the money and the dollar figures. And, Mike, you bring up a good point. And I want to ask you this question, too, because it's something that I've been confused about. But didn't they say, like, it's not going to be any fans hardly and it depends on, like, the actual stadium? I'm not seeing that. That's what I'm bringing up. Because, like, every game that I've been watching, I'm seeing fucking fans there. Like, the Cowboys, like you brought up earlier, that's the most fans that I've seen so far, you know, just out there just, whoo, cheering and booing. And so I don't think that's sending a good message, man, if I'm being honest with you. People are seeing, like, all these people in the crowd, college football's coming back and the same type thing. Us regular people are going to think, okay, this shit went away. We're good now. We can, like, do whatever. Um, even at the gym, right? Like, I was watching – I was on Instagram, and I saw people in there working out kind of close to each other with no mask, and you can tell they didn't come together. They're just they're just working on the machines. But I already see that happening, and that's why I bring up, like, NFL and college football doing that. That's not helping the case. You know, so yeah, yeah. it's well, and that, that's kind of the problem across the board. Um, you know, I know that the whole thing has been think outside of yourself and think big picture here. And I know that life is very much nuanced, right? It's gray area, it's something in between. The problem that we're seeing with COVID is that everybody has had a very different response. That's kind of something you can't be very gray on. You have to say, look, this is what we believe. This is what we're pushing, you know, because there, there are two competing philosophies, right? It's either, hey, COVID's a big deal. We need to take it seriously. Or COVID's not a big deal. Fuck it. Like, let's just go out and be all out in public and whatever. Problem is you have both, right? You've got too much mix. I mean, like we just said, Cowboys Stadium was full. Not full, but, you know, relatively speaking, pretty fucking packed. It was 21,000 people there. Yeah, NRG, empty, right? It's this, you know, oh, case by case. Look, I get you want to go case by case and be smart about it, but at some point you're, cre you're creating competitive disadvantages uh, or, or uh, competitive advantages that aren't uniform across the league. Cowboys had a home field advantage. Texans today had no home field advantage. Like, that seems wrong to me. You got to say – we're either going all or nothing, you know? Like, that's that's one case I'm very much about, hey, case by case in the middle. With something like this, hey, it's this or that. Like, choose where you stay and stick with that. You know, that that's, that's where I feel the one time I'll say be black and white is when it comes to pandemics, comes the home field advantage, you know, both those things, both together and mutually excuse, exclusive, you have to make a decision, one or the yeah. other. Be uniformed, exactly, because even with the Ravens, they didn't have any fans either when they played. You can't pick and choose what teams just so you want stuff to be somewhat normal again. Fuck what people think, man. You got to – people are always – we're always going to want the worst or we're always want what we can't have. You know, if you're saying, like, oh, can't, yeah, we can't have fans in this stadium or when football resumes again, no fans, people are going to, you know, petition and bitch and complain about that. But who cares? Like, y'all doing this for the safety of your actual players. That's y'all's investment. You know, like, I think people, they're trying to – appease too much to like what other people think you know when i say people the fans once again but yeah so for me to this uh mention that number again so the the exact number in cowboy stadium today was twenty one thousand. 
Wow, it was almost 22,000, actually, bro. So 20, I think it's about a quarter capacity, but still, I mean, 20,000, 20, that's, that's a good lot. attendance for a Tampa Bay Rays game. Yeah, that's a lot. COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people, bro. Um, yeah, 21,700, yep. But that's almost 22,000. But the point I'm making is with that many people at a crowd stadium, I'm sure they're selling drinks and they're trying to sell merch because it's all about money, right? You, you cannot tell me, bro, that people aren't taking off their masks, like, at some point. You know what I mean? Just, like, whatever, or, or walking out down with it. When I actually went to um, – I went to the mall yesterday for the first time, surprisingly, you know, because I wanted to smell this cologne. Um, <laughs> and, bruh, you know, I feel like I've been living under a rock, man. People just – it's capacity. Like, everybody's there, you know, and I see people wearing the masks, like, below their nose, walking around. I'm just like, God damn, lady – I chew sneezing and shit, bro. Like, I'm seeing everything, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know? So it's just very, like, it's just very mind-blowing, like, seeing it in person, you know? I was trying to be in and out, but just, it's interesting, man. It really is, you know? <laughs> so, we've gone a like long I said, way this year, but we still got a long way to way go. Way to man. go. Just be smart about stuff. That's all I say.